Welcome to the Forgotten Art Project Podcast, where we ask the question, what makes you feel alive? These are the stories of your pursuit. Hello, everyone. My name is David, and I'm excited to talk with Sarah today. How's it going, Sarah? All right. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. So uh, let's start with when you were a kid and tell me about uh, dance. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I grew up loving the arts. Both my parents are art lovers. So they kind of got me and all my brothers involved really early. And um, we had a park district. I lived in Barrington, Illinois, and I got to take dance classes there. And I, I loved it. I was in the newspaper numerous times just because I was kind of the eccentric little kid who would dress up like a kangaroo in a tutu and go to dance class and um, love to show off all my skills and do neighborhood talent shows and create dances at home and all of that. Um, nice. Unfortunately, yeah, one, my, my favorite teacher, my ballet teacher, she got pregnant when I was probably six and that meant that she was leaving and in my mind, for a reason, that was the end of the world, and I decided that I couldn't continue. So I actually quit dance um, at, at the ripe age of six. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of, kind of the end of it for me as I knew it then. Um, but I did continue in the arts. I played the piano, and I played the cello, and um, I took all sorts of visual arts classes and learned pottery and all of that and really loved the arts and I still was involved in performing arts. I was in tons and tons of choirs and city choirs and state choirs and um, kind of in the back of my mind I think I always knew that that dance aspect was missing and I don't know that I necessarily expressed it to anybody um, but it was always kind of my secret passion um, in the back of my mind. And I got to do a lot of different programs in the summer. My parents were really big into getting us into camps and that kind of thing. And um, through a lot of those summer programs, a lot of them were performing arts. So I'd get to kind of dabble in dance here and there. Um, really, I have a lot of friends that were films and of the performance aspect, their skills and all of that. And I, I do distinctly remember too, I think it was in, in middle school, I auditioned for the musical and it was Beauty and the Beast. And I really, really, really wanted to be a dancer, but they didn't even let us really try out. It was just, if you had dance experience and if you're in dance class, you got to be a dancer. And so I ended up as a tree. <laughs> and that was a, a real bummer for me. As you can imagine, trees don't do a lot of dancing. Yeah. Um, just some background singing. So, so that was kind of upsetting. Um, and then I did actually have an opportunity when I was a little bit older, late middle school, early high school, um, my parents sent me to a camp in upstate New York, which was a French Woods Festival of the Performing Arts. And it's a total performing arts camp, which is really awesome. And so I did get to do a little bit of, of dance there too, but nothing, nothing too serious. And um, I don't know, if, do you know what Color Guard is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so in high school, I actually joined the color guard. I think my mom 
may have kind of picked up on this secret idea I had of dancing in the back of my mind and suggested that I try out for that. And um, so we did a lot of flags and sabers and rifles, but there was also a dance component. And so my entire high school career, that's kind of everything I was focused on and was really excited about it. And was just overjoyed that I got put in all the dance sections and I was considered a dancer, even, even though I wasn't. Um, so it was kind of like, even though I wasn't dancing in the typical sense, I, I felt like I had accomplished that secret dream that, you know, I had in the back of my head. Um, and I, I even used to have friends tease me about how dance was my passion, despite not having formal training, because I think I probably mentioned it once or twice. <laughs> nice. So that's so curious that like, okay, at six years old, you decided to quit <laughs> this thing that you love. I did, yeah. yeah. And um. I mean, for a six-year-old to have that thought like, oh, this is my favorite thing ever, but because my teacher's not doing it, I'm out, totally out. What? So between then and like high school where, you know, you just kind of did a few things. Yeah. Why didn't you um, ever express like, hey, mom, or, you know, I really want to do this um, you know, why didn't you ever try to get back into it, do you think? You know, I, I thought a lot about that and it will come full circle, but essentially, you know, where I was at was, I think from my small mind at that point, um, I still kind of understood that there was a process and that people were going through um, these steps and that you grow and dance and that, you know, you're in one level and you progress to the next level. And because I had cut it off so short, by the time I really realized that it was something that I needed to be doing, I felt really far behind. Mm. And I think there was this fear of, you know, not being able to be in the classes with my friends or not being up to par with where I should be. And the more I put it off, the greater that fear kind of grew and the greater that distance grew between where my perceived level was and where I probably should be. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think a lot of people have that. And I mean, at least for you, it came back a little sooner. I, I mean, a lot of times we wait and all of a sudden now we're like in our 40s and <laughs> we, we never totally. did it, never came back to it. So. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's hard. That's a hard thing to overcome. Right. Okay. So after Color Guard, what, then what happened? Oh, so that was pretty much high school. And I mean, color guard doesn't really exist outside. Well, I guess maybe in college to some extent, but there's, there's not really a future <laughs> um, yeah. with color guard. Um, so during my senior year, I applied to college. That's what you're expected to do or what I was expected to do. And um, so I did that and kind of, I, I don't think I realized at the time how much of an impact it would have on me to not be involved in the arts that at any level um, and to not have that creative outlet. So um, I went to UGA and most of my high school went there too. We were the number one feeder school. So it was just kind of the same old, but I was missing that creative outlet that I had. And I was, I was pretty, I was pretty miserable. Um, I, I made it one semester and I actually dropped out um, because it just, I, I wasn't feeling it. I felt stuck. I felt lost. I didn't like it. So I, I did go home for spring semester and I thought, maybe it's the school, maybe I need to find a smaller school, get away from the people that I know so well, meet new people, that kind of thing. Um, so I did actually, I applied to a really tiny school in North Carolina. Um, 
And somehow, I, I think I, I must have, I do remember practicing, but they had a dance team. And I think in my head, I was like, nobody knows me. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I can do this. And so I remember practicing and practicing. And I went up early for the dance team auditions. And probably one of the scariest moments in my life to get on a stage with a bunch of people that have been dancing for years and learn a combo and be asked to, you know, freestyle and audition. But somehow, somehow I made the dance team. And not only did I make the dance team, but I was assigned as one of the captains, which was baffling to me. Nice. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was really exciting. Um, and I kind of, you know, felt that exhilaration come back a little bit. Like this was my one chance. And since not dancing, you know, in the formal sense, since I was six year old, six years old, mm-hmm. I somehow had managed to, you know, get myself back into it and have, have a real shot at it. Um, so it was really exciting. Sadly, um, that was short lived because the advisor for the dance team quit and there was no advisor and the dance team was disbanded probably <laughs> no. a month after I got to school. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah, so that was that was kind of a bummer. Um, kind yeah. of a bummer. And another little, I guess, hiccup in the dance stream, if you will. Yeah. Man. Um, but yeah, so I, I did finish that year out. Luckily at that school, I was an art major, so I still had other creative outlets, but still was kind of missing that that dance one. So what sadly was, again, what I- was going through your mind? Were you like, sorry to interrupt. Were you like, yeah, no, please. I keep getting like knocked down every time I go after this. Did you, did you feel that at all? Or was it just like, you know, I think I, I think I did because ultimately what ended up happening with that school was I dropped out of that school too. I think it was just, you know, there's a sense of like searching for my passion. And I think I knew what it was. I think I probably had known what it was since I was six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to find different ways of getting to it, um, whether it be color guard, whether it be this, you know, whatever it is. And it's nothing was fully kind of reaching that. And even at the smaller school, I was at Gardner Webb in North Carolina. Um, you know, I just, I, without that dance component, I just realized it wasn't meant to be. And I, I couldn't stay there. So mm. I dropped out again. <laughs> um, and so, you know, ripe old age of, what, 19, I think? I'm like <laughs> a two-time college dropout. Uh, living at home with my parents, completely lost. Don't know what I'm doing. You know, I, I took a job um, waitressing at Chili's mm-hmm. just because I was like, I, I need to figure this out. And, you know, I, I felt really alienated from a lot of my friends, too, because they were either their sophomore year in I guess ending their freshman or their sophomore year, they all seemed to know exactly what they wanted to do, knew what their majors were, were like very clear cut. And I'm like clueless. Mm. Um, so that was, that was really hard too. Um, but I did, you know, I think that op- that time when I was working at Chili's and my parents gave me a really great opportunity to kind of do a lot of research. <laughs> um, so I spent a ton, a ton of time just, researching on the internet um anything i could about performing arts and dance and i guess trying to learn everything i could because i just didn't know what else to do 
Cool. I think it's so cool that you you recognized it and you didn't keep going, right? How many of us just like, we know we don't want to be there, but we're just going to do it because we're supposed to. And so we just keep going and then you end up miserable anyway. So either way, so good. I mean, totally. nice work recognizing like, this isn't my path. I need to stop and figure out my path. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm really grateful to my parents too, because they, they've never pushed any of us towards something we don't want. You know, they're very encouraging of like, find it, go for it, do whatever you got to do. We're here to support you. So I think, I think that's huge too, just because I think so often people might recognize that, but not have the support of other people and feel that that's reason to turn back. So I'm, I'm really grateful for my parents for that. Um, Nice. But yeah, so I, I just was researching a ton. Um, I remember finding one article about how we spend a third of our lives sleeping and that like really stressed my 19 year old brain out. And I was like, what a waste of life and a waste of time. So I like was determined to sleep less. So I was up all, all hours of the night doing this research, like how to figure out what I'm doing, how can I get my hands on anything with the performing arts. Um, and I remember my mom bought me a book. I love to read. And it was about, um, Martha Graham. I don't know if you've heard of her. I haven't. Um, you may not. She's a dancer. So essentially she's known as like the mother of modern dance. Um, so I was really excited to read, you know, anything in this dance realm and this autobiography. And I started reading and realized that she didn't start dancing she was a teenager she's like everyone knows who the modern dance i'm like if she can create this and she didn't even start until she was a teen like maybe i'm not as far behind as i think i am um and then i found another article and this probably goes to show you can't believe everything you see on the internet but i found something about j-lo and about how j-lo didn't start performing until she was a teenager She's like, everyone knows who the modern dance. I'm like, if she can create this and she didn't even start until she was a teen, like maybe I'm not as far behind as I think I am. Um, And then I found another article and this probably goes to show you can't believe everything you see on the internet, but I found something about J-Lo and about how J-Lo didn't start performing and dancing until she was a teen. And this was well, like probably 2001. So JLo is huge. Everyone knows she's an amazing dancer. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got these two examples. This is all I need. I like went to one of my friends at like 2 a.m. And they all think I'm crazy anyway, half the time for these ideas. And I was like, let me tell you how I'm exactly like JLo and exactly like Martha Graham. And this is possible. And they're like, this is my dream. You can't do it. Not everyone can achieve these things. And I was like, nope, that's all I need. Like, tell me I can't, but I know I can. And I have these two great examples. So that was kind of, I think, a turning point for me. Um, finding, finding these people that I might be able to emulate and realizing that maybe it doesn't matter that I, I quit when I was six. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty awesome. That's, that's super cool. That's part, actually like part of the reason why I'm doing this project is because really? you hear a story and that changes, it gives you that little spark, maybe. Just hearing somebody else's story, like, oh, well, they did this. They went through all these things. Maybe I can do that, too. And just, yeah. like, maybe just that tiny little idea, if that sets it off, then it's totally worth it. I, I agree. I mean, I think that 
there's so much to that that you know you get an idea in your head and it's kind of on repeat maybe as a factor that plays into why you can or can't do something and yeah just being able to find these other people that might be in the same circumstance as I am and did it I was like it's totally possible yeah. so I think that's really awesome and really cool thing you're doing thank you yeah um so then what yeah. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to think here. So I was living at home with my parents. I found this thing. Um, there's, they live in kind of a community, um, in Georgia, everything's in subdivisions. So they lived in a subdivision at the front of the subdivision, there was a shopping center and a new dance studio was opening up in the shopping center. And as part of their publicity, they went around to all the houses and, you know, no tax little notices on their mailboxes. Um, and I have four younger brothers, but the youngest two were under the age of 10. And one of their friends who lived in the neighborhood, their mom was like, I'm signing my kid up for this hip hop class. You should just sign your boys up. I think it'd be really fun. So my brothers got signed up for this hip hop class. And that was kind of how I was introduced to this new studio. And um, I think my mom, like at this point, definitely knew that like dance was it. Like I needed to dance. It was in my blood, like it always had been. And like, I wasn't going to be happy until I found this outlet. So she let me go talk to the owners and, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed, like, Hey, I'm 19 and I really, really want to do this thing. And I, I don't have formal training and, but this is, this is just, this is it for me. And because they were pretty small and, you know, not fully established yet, they were like, absolutely. You can sign up for every one of our classes. And of course, a lot of the people in the classes were going to be younger than me, you know, maybe 15, 16, which when you're 19 is a big enough difference to feel a little bit awkward. Right. Um, but I was like, you know what, like, this is it. I have to go all in. So I took classes there, which was awesome. I was there literally seven days a week. Um, I had classes. I don't remember what days I had classes, but I became really good friends with the owners and they were like, wow, you actually really pick things up really quickly. I can't believe you haven't danced before. And I attribute that to kind of dabbling through other things. Um, and they gave me a job in the mornings. I was teaching baby classes. I had to, I wasn't. I came in on Saturday, like the best time ever. Nice. kind of full realization that this was exactly what I needed to be doing. I found my calling. I needed to run with it. Nothing could stop me. Love it. I was going to say, that's why you picked up things too, um, because you really cared about it a lot. Totally. It was, it was definitely, you know, something that I knew had been lacking and just was, I think, you know, like I said, too scared to kind of go after it and, the age difference and the levels and all that kind of stuff. And this was really the perfect opportunity. And I mean, I'm so grateful that this studio opened in my neighborhood because I don't know if it had, if I would have ever had the opportunity to kind of jump in the way I did. Awesome. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty exciting. And, you know, once I got my feet wet and realized, you know what, I can do this, I can handle it. Um, I'm not that behind I'm catching up I'm doing everything I can I was you know registering for every intensive I could possibly think of and conventions and all that kind of thing and I was traveling to New York City to take classes with these amazing people and I was doing all the conventions kind of in the south and um 
still working at Chili's. So literally all of the money I made at Chili's was going straight into like these trips to go to take dance classes all around the country. And it was, it was just the most exciting thing. And kind of at the time, um, I don't know if you know this or people will remember, but um, Millennium Dance Complex, which is in LA, was like the Mecca. <laughs> um, it was all over MTV. It's, they used to film all the like, I don't even know what they were called, like behind the scenes video stuff there. That's where they did all the auditions for the teams. Like this is, this is it, I have to be there. So I found in the back of a dance spirit magazine, um, there was an ad for a summer intensive. And I was like, yes, absolutely. I'm doing the summer intensive. So my parents were like all in and I signed up to spend three months in LA over the summer to just dance all day, every day at Millennium Dance Complex. Nice. Huh. So I was really, really excited about that. So I think that, I think I was supposed to go out like the first week of June. And the first week of April, I was, it was a Saturday. I was in the studio, I was with a couple other girls. We were rehearsing dances. Um, I had seen this really cool poster of this ballerina who was leaping above the upper ballet bar and she's probably like a foot above it and i was like i can do that i'm gonna do it let's try like let's let's see what i can do so i went to go prep for the leap and before i could even leave the ground i heard what sounded like a gunshot and i heard the other girl one of the other girls who was in the room with me she screamed ridiculously loudly and i hit the ground and I had no idea what was going on. I mean, this all must have happened in a split second. And um, kind of I looked up and the girl who had screamed was standing over me and staring at me, like looking on in horror. And I looked down and my left leg, um, where my Achilles is, was completely indented. Oh, ouch. Yeah, pretty, oh, uh, pretty bad. So... I learned after the fact that's actually supposed to be one of the most excruciatingly painful things you can endure. Yeah. Um, I felt, I was just in a complete state of shock. Um, and luckily the studio owners were there and they came back with like, okay, this has to get checked out. My mom can pick me up. I just, I, to this day, I don't remember feeling pain with this at all. It was just, complete devastation like I just couldn't stop crying and not because it hurt but because I was like I have done everything I waited this long to find the courage to dance and to go after the one thing I love and I'm finally doing it and for all I know it's been completely ripped out from under me yeah that was a pretty devastating blow yeah man yeah uh, yeah <laughs> So, I mean, how was your mental state after that? You know, it was, it was difficult. I had to get surgery. I was in a cast. Um, I knew that, you know, there was kind of this trajectory um, for healing. Luckily, they told me I wouldn't have to do physical therapy because I would do enough on my own um, and that my calves were really strong, so it would be easy to rebuild. But they did tell me that it was a really high re-rupture rate for anybody who's snapped an Achilles and it's most common among dancers and basketball players mm. or older people. But, um, but yeah, so there's really high re-rupture rates. So that's kind of was always in the back of my head. And 
I think informed a lot of what I did from there just because I was like, even if I can proceed with this, there's always the chance that I could snap the other one or re-snap this one and be taken completely out. And I don't know that I can rely on that as a career per se because of this right. injury. Um, so sadly I had to cancel my plans to go to LA and to dance at millennium. <laughs> and, but I still, you know, so I guess I heal like was, out of the cast and out of the boot probably by July, still taking it pretty easy. Um, I didn't have any plans for that coming year. So I continued to dance and work at the studio, but I was like, I need to figure out what I'm doing from here. And, you know, I kind of was like, okay, if I can't be that I'd go back to school, um, orthopedic surgeon, because I was so grateful for the one who helped repair my Achilles and I would specialize in work with dancers. And I was like, foolproof plan. Um, but before, so yeah, so I had a whole year before I would start school again. So that meant I still had another summer too. Um, so I was able to postpone my trip to LA and do that coming summer um, at Millennium, which was, which was really exciting. And nice. I actually, yeah, before that, I got accepted into an um, acting intensive in New York, um, which is pretty incredible. I learned stand-up comedy, took all sorts of acting classes. Um, we got to perform at the end of it, a showcase in New York at the Orpheum Theater where I did a monologue. Um, but I was also selected out of probably like 300 kids, one of five people to do a dance piece in the showcase, which was really cool and like a huge honor to me. And um, got a lot of great opportunities from that. I was offered an auditioned for Thoroughly Modern Millie, which was on Broadway at the time from the choreographer herself. Um, I was offered a job by the director to come and help him run these things and audition for the stuff. And well, all that's awesome. And looking back, I'm like, what were you thinking? I was like, no, absolutely not. I can't do any of this because I'm going to LA. <laughs> I, I've been waiting for this. I'm going to dance at Millennium. Thank you so much for these opportunities. But like my summer is LA. Yeah. So I finished that up and, um, I got to go to LA and I mean, it was total dream, a total dream. Um, you know, I was taking classes every day, all day long with the best choreographers and best dancers in the world. I had members. So you think you can dance in my class? Like Justin Timberlake was in classes with me. I mean, it was, it was the best of the best. This was all day, every day. Um, the owner of the studio, we were actually living in his pool house and he gave me and two of the other girls a video camera. And it was like, just record your days, record what you're doing. Like, I just need to see like what the life of a dancer is. So we, um, we recorded all this stuff and we have tons and tons of ridiculous footage from the summer. And they actually, so the owner, I don't really know what he did in the TV world, but he was able to use our footage to pitch to MTV. And our footage was used yeah, it was just, it was an epic summer. I mean, like we were doing music videos, we were auditioning for stuff. It was everything I had ever imagined working with the most incredible artists and kind of as it was coming to an end and I knew that my next plan was going back to school, I was like, no, like I have to go back. I already have an apartment. I've already paid for the semester, but like, that's it. I'm doing a semester and I'm leaving. So I even like tailored my college classes. I think while I was in LA, I was adjusting my schedule. So I was taking, like I was a drama minor. I was in all these like 
performance classes. And I even remember taking intro to interviewing and where my mind was at the time, I was thinking it was like how to interview someone on a red carpet. No, no. <laughs> it was how to interview for a job. Um, nice. Even that, even that class, I was like, I'm not doing it your way. Like I'll do the assignments, but I'm contacting Christina Aguilera's choreographer and I'm interviewing him about <laughs> this stuff. So it was kind of, I was, I was finally, I think, you know, back on path. I didn't really know what I was going to do because this injury situation was still lingering, but I was like, I've, I've got to find a way. Cool. Um, yeah. So that was kind of, I guess the next, the next step on the journey. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. What was that? You cut out a little bit on the, uh, the name of the show. What was the name of the show? That they used? Um, I, I think it was dance life. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Dancer. Yeah, on MTV. Um, and yeah, so I wasn't on the show, but they, they used all the footage we recorded to kind of, you know, pitch it and, and get that all done up. That's so cool. Yeah, it was, it was really exciting. Um, and just, just a fun time. So yeah, so I went back to school and um, was, was doing kind of my own thing. And I think I let my friends get the better of me to some extent um and was kind of like okay you know what I do have this injury I don't know that I can make it as a dancer like if that's how I'm depending on my income if I were to get injured it would take me out of it can't do it don't don't know what I'm gonna do so I did continue towards my degree in science the idea of being an orthopedic surgeon but as I kind of came to the end of that, um, I realized this was not in any way, shape or form what I wanted to be doing. It wasn't close enough to the arts. It wasn't close enough to dance. Um, so I got that degree, but I decided to stay on for another one. Oh. Um, so I switched over to, yeah. So now instead of like, you know, being a college dropout, I'm like, well, now I'm going to be the one who collects degrees. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually started a second degree towards um, public relations with, or sorry, I guess, actually in time I found a, a dance company at the college. So that kind of, I think, eased the pain of being in school at 6 p.m. until 10.30, I was dancing. Um, we had like an end of the semester show and I remember that I was in so many dances I had a dedicated spot on the side of the stage for my quick changes because I think it was like out of like 25 dances I was probably in like 21 of them <laughs> nice um yeah so it was that was really great to be able to still be incorporating dance and I think that you know that kind of eased the pain of school if you will um yeah it wasn't that I wasn't good at school I was doing very well but it just that's not really where my passion. Um, so I changed my degree to um, fashion merchandising and public relations and figured that way I'd at least be able to somehow be involved. I thought I'd find a way to work with a dance company or a studio or something. Um, and that kind of was exciting. And then I joined a dance company at my school. Um, so being able to spend Monday through Thursday dancing really kind of, you know, gave me that boost that I needed and um 
to push through school and feel like there was a little bit more of a purpose than I was, was doing what I loved. Um, so I was working towards that. And then through this degree program, I actually found an ad, I think on the school's website or something about the BET Hit Awards. Um, so they were coming to Atlanta. It was the first year they were doing the hip hop awards and they needed students to help with a press junket. So I was like, absolutely, I'm in. Um, I went and helped sure. with it. I worked my butt off. And so they were like, you're awesome. Will you come work the awards? And I was like, absolutely, I'll work the awards. Um, I was in a tent that kind of ran the interviews after people won the awards, worked my butt off there too. And they were like, we could really use your help. Will you come to LA and work the BET awards that are in LA? So I was like, absolutely I will. They're paying me a ton of money to do this. I'm getting to do like really awesome work. And I'm like, this is really cool. So um, I worked my way up and I actually became the head of red carpet. So I got to kind of um, greet everybody as they came and talk to them and hold them off until, you know, we were ready to send them down the red carpet. So I got to meet a lot of really incredible people. And it, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't the celebrity. I didn't really care about that. It was more so that these people, celebrities or not, were people that had kind of overcome all the naysaying in their life. And they were truly going after their passion, whether that, you know, be music or acting. I mean, there's so many different kinds of artists that were attending these awards. And it was just really incredible to get to talk to them and see kind of what their stories were and how they got there. And it was, it was really inspiring um, to be able to talk to all these artists who, who had overcome kind of all the challenges in life to do what they wanted to do. Um, yeah, so that was a really awesome experience. And I got to do that for a couple of years, the hip hop awards and the, um, BET awards in LA. And, um, kind of one of the things I learned through talking to them too, were how important their attorneys were to them and, you know, how that was really an integral part of the entertainment business, if you will. So kind of towards the end of my, <laughs> my degree in public relations and fashion merchandising, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be an entertainment attorney. <laughs> um, so again, from like two time college dropout to like, let me see how many degrees I can go and get. Yeah. Um, I kind of started taking, taking that route, you know, okay, or entertainment attorneys are really influential in the lives of these artists and I'm involved in the arts, I know, and, and I'm going to go to law school. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of jumping all over. You know, it's really fun for me to do interviews because people are like, you did what? What's your background? Yeah. <laughs> um, to, me, to me, it makes sense because I know the sequential order, but to many other people are like, huh? <laughs> Well, I love, the, I love the evolution and the exploration of that because it's like, you know, our parents' generation, that, that was like kind of looked down upon. You stayed in your career and you were loyal, but now it's like we're getting out of that, that being a bad thing and it's cool to see that like exploration happening. Yeah, totally. Um, I appreciate it. I, I like the thing it makes me well-rounded. I, I don't really care what other people think. <laughs> Good. Um, but yeah, so I went to law school and... I, I knew I wanted to do entertainment law and I knew that, you know, contracts is like so much of what entertainment attorneys do. And that's a first year law class, two semesters, by far my least favorite class in all of law school. I hated it. <laughs> so I was like, 
oh no, like, what am I going to do? And even like my first year in law school, I was running some crazy hours. I was a part of a hip hop crew, which was awesome. Um, so I got to dance, but of course they're not running the schedule I am. So I had rehearsals until like 2 a.m. at the dance studio. On top of that, I was working for Tree Sound Studios, which is a big recording studio in Atlanta who does a lot of stuff with some really big artists. And I was working with their PR team and like developing all these things and hosting events and doing all that. And of course, music people aren't necessarily known for being early risers either. So those meetings were going till three o'clock and I was just getting burnt out. Unfortunately, I was too far into law school and had put in way too much effort to be like calling it quits. So I did continue and I did finish and it just, it, it wasn't necessarily the highlight of my life. I'm very grateful now that I did it. I learned a lot, um, but I think without the arts and without that sense of purpose, my life was just kind of falling apart. I was so stressed out. I had to have my gallbladder removed. Mm. Um, that was a huge wake up call. My friendships were falling apart. I knew I couldn't practice law in the long term because it was so stressful and causing me so much stress that like, I just knew that that was not good for my health. Um, but I'd also racked up so much debt in all this schooling that I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a vision for my future or my life or where I'm going. I don't feel like I have any real sense of purpose. My friendships are falling apart. I just, I'm alone. I'm depressed and I'm completely lost. Mm. Um, so I finished law school anyway, but that's kind of the state I was in. And, you know, if, if you remembered earlier, I feel like that's kind of the state that I kept getting to when I wasn't involved in dancing or didn't have dance in my life. Um, you know, graduating high school, going to college, don't have any dance in my life. I left. I was just lost and depressed, you know, going to the next school, dance gets ripped out from underneath me again, lost and depressed. So here I'm in law school, kind of in the same place. And I don't necessarily know that I had pieced together what that missing aspect was. Um, but, but I had, I had to move forward. Um, so I, I finished law school. I took the bar. I passed the bar. I got offered a job at my law school in the admissions office. Um, and that was really cool. I got to do a lot of travel. It wasn't law. I wasn't going to be super stressful. Um, but the real advantage that I got in there and being done with law school was that I got to find the time to go back to my studio of footnotes, dance, and acrobatics and reconnect with the dancers and with the art. I wasn't necessarily dancing, but I was going to classes and sitting in on them and watching every Tuesday. I was you know, filling in for teachers if they, if they couldn't make it and picking up classes here and there and helping instruct the studios or the students. I was going to all of their dance competitions. I was going to their rehearsals. I was helping with hair and makeup. I was running dances at competitions. I was getting them on the stage. And I really got to know the dancers and their families. And even though I wasn't per se dancing, this just brought so much joy to my life to be able to be back in that community and really realize what a passion I have for the art, but also the artists who are involved in it. Mm. And specifically these, you know, younger girls who are teenagers, I think because 
that's really where I was struggling to find my sense of purpose and my identity. Um, you know, when I was this teenager and I was like, there's this differential and I can't break it and I just want to dance, but I can't do it. And how am I going to do this? And even in figuring out college and what I was going to do, you know, it really brought me a sense of fulfillment to be able to talk to these girls and have them trust me and come to me for, you know, things even outside the dance world, but also like, what, what should I do at college? Do I need to major in dance? How do I do this? What's the best options? And really being able to connect with them and to be involved in the art and involved in the lives of the artists. I love it. Yeah. So that was um, a pretty incredible opportunity. And I did that for probably, I want to say five, five years I was working in law admissions and pretty much spending all of my weekend at the dance studios, um, sometimes long weekends and, you know, every Tuesday, sometimes every Tuesday, Thursday. So still a lot, a lot of time going into the dance studio, even though I wasn't necessarily dancing. And um, well, that was awesome. I kind of realized that my job wasn't necessarily what I wanted. And I, I thought I wanted to get out of Georgia and um, my best friend actually, I was, I was kind of applying for jobs in New York. That's where I thought I wanted to be. Um, and they kept falling through. It was stuff that I was super qualified for. I'd get interviews for, they'd tell me I'm the top candidate and they'd be, but you're overqualified or, oh, we have to go this other way for this reason. And it just kept falling through and I was getting so defeated. And, um, you know, since my time in LA dancing at Millennium, I had always said I was moving back to LA, but I guess kind of got sidetracked on that. So my best friend was living out here and working in property management. And she was like, Hey, I have a job open up. I need an assistant. Um, definitely can get you an interview. It might not be exactly what you're looking to do, but I think it'd be really great for you to kind of get out here. You know, you've been saying you want to come out here. You've been saying you want to get it changed. The arts are huge out here. So I ended up doing that and seems kind of rash, but picked up my life and, Moved across country. <laughs> cool. Um, so I'm in LA now. I've been here for a little, let's see. Yeah, I moved here in, on February 1st of last year, 2019. So I've been here for a little over a year. Um, and it's been interesting because, you know, I did kind of leave behind footnotes dance and all that I was getting to do there. But also I found real connection with the dancers and moving out here too, because they're also interested in what's out here and know that I kind of have a history of dancing in LA and all of that. And um, that I really want to be able to impact artists and dancers. And even coming out here, it's interesting because a little bit of that fear creeps back in that I experienced earlier in life. You know, the, oh, but I haven't done it in so long or am I good enough? And oh, I'm in LA and it's the land of all the big, you know, the big dogs and, um, but I did take a few classes, tap classes at Edge Performing Arts Center, which was just so freeing and so amazing to be able to kind of reconnect again with actually being the dancer. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of explored some things online. And it's so funny because since this whole shelter in place and quarantine has taken place, um, it's really incredible. And I, I'm sure you probably have seen the same thing with music, but the artist community and how they kind of bond together and are really trying to make sure to keep the arts alive during this time and realize what a sense of, of you know, peace and an outlet it is for people. And that that's, that's really key to like maintaining strong mental health. So 
since the quarantine, I'm like, I don't feel like I've danced this much in ages. I mean, there was Jojo Gomez, who's a huge dancer out here and teaches all these amazing classes. Like I took one of her classes, it was like $5 online. Chloe Arnold, who is this amazing tapper. And if you guys have ever seen like the tap ladies on YouTube, but she does all that and it's incredible. She had a free class online and I got to do that in my living room. Um, you know, I'm probably too old for TikTok, but I think everyone's on it these days. <laughs> There's, um, and it's incredible to see kind of the dance community on TikTok and all these like little dances. So it's like, you know, even those, I'm like, oh, this one's awesome and kind of challenging. Let me do this one today. And I've reconnected with a lot of the dancers who, you know, I are younger than me back in Georgia and learning, learning these dances together. So it's really kind of incredible in the midst of a crisis and a pandemic, how that can also really bring the beauty out and kind of reintroduce me once again to this, this love of dance that I have and realize that in a time when I'm literally alone in my apartment, don't have anyone else here with me. It's been over a month and a half. Um, what's keeping me sane is this love of dance that I have and being able to return to that and just realizing how freeing it is and what a gift it is and what a sense of, you know, self-expression it is when you might not be able to express yourself any other way. Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful that kind of throughout everything in my life, it's always somehow or another come back to dance. Yeah. Amazing. I love it. Such a cool story. I think, I mean, there's so many good, good things in your story, but like, like not giving up number one, like, <laughs> you know, multiple times, not giving up, you could have given up easily multiple times. And then on top of that, choosing to keep coming back to it, um, over and over again, and then letting it evolve into whatever direction it has gone, you know, throughout all the years. It's just a beautiful, beautiful story. Totally. Well, you know, I think the thing that's interesting about that is that I love that you see it as not giving up because if you were to ask me at various stages, it was totally giving, giving up. Um, so I think that that's the beauty in it is that it's not necessarily always what it appears to be to you. Mm. And that if you keep pushing forward, you know, maybe it will evolve and it'll come back in another, another fashion. But um, it's, it's interesting to look back now and be able to say, yeah, you know, I never gave up because in many of those moments, I felt like I was. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's so great. Um, so what, what would you say to somebody who is maybe in their, their own pursuit and trying to figure it out and getting through the muck? What, would, what advice would you give them? I mean, I feel like it's so cliche, but I think so much of it is just do it. I think the biggest hurdle is kind of having to break that mental boundary of fear of, you know, whatever it is that's holding you back. And I think, I mean, even like when coming to LA, I had that all over again. It rebuilt up. I hadn't done it forever. And the idea of going to Edge Performing Arts Center to take a class with people who were real dancers was just so terrifying. And, you know, the nerves leading up to it were awful. The second I got there, they melted away. And I realized that, you know, like, these people are not here to judge you. Like, everyone's in their own pursuit. And everyone's worrying about where they're at and what they're doing. And so often the only thing we need to do is take that first step. Beautiful. Love it. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Sarah. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Your story. Yeah. Yeah, lots of fun. All right.